Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. It's not just locally that people are starting to drink the Steelers Kool-Aid a little bit. It's happening nationally, too, and how could it not after the preseason that you've seen? Mm -hmm. I know you have to temper expectations because it is just the preseason, but Chris Sims, I think, had a really great point when he was talking about the Steelers. You know, there are teams every year that show this in the preseason and carry it over into the regular season, and he was saying how he's then sitting there going, why didn't I pick this team to be a dark horse team? I saw them for three straight games look great, and I just didn't trust it. There's always a team that shows what they're going to become in the regular season, shows you those flashes in the preseason. And yeah, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to interject. I'm not going to say they're going to get to this level. I remember Pat Mahomes' a sophomore year. Yeah, that's a good point just for my point there. Just like you saw it in the preseason. You saw him you knew throw he was bombs great. to Tyree like, Kill and Travis Kelsey all preseason long, and you knew he was going to be special. Right, and again, Pickett's not going to be Mahomes, and that offense ain't going to be that elite, but... The explosion from the offense, mm-hmm. the first-team offense, has been not just overwhelming as far as comparing it to the Steelers of last year, but it looks like one of the more explosive offenses around the league. Like It looks like it looks I mean, like those offenses that the Bills run, that the Chiefs run, that the Eagles run. Like Bengals. Those quick yeah. strikes, get mm-hmm. the ball deep down the field. You know, capitalize on turnovers. Capitalize on Calvin Austin giving you great right. field position. Like, I mean, that's a, I I love that you brought that up because so often this defense for the Steelers last year, even with T.J. Watt out, would provide an opportunity for the offense to get back on the field. And what would they do? They would go three and out, or maybe have a four play drive, and that was it. Move the ball ten yards down the field. And then, unfortunately, too, I mean, you talk about all elements of the game. The punting game wasn't at its best either, and so you would have you would move the ball like 10 yards, 15 yards down the field in total, and then a punt would go 30 yards downfield, and the opposing team would have have their offense right back on the field, forcing the defense to, to spend more time on the field, and they'd have great field position. So it just seems like in all elements this team has really improved. But I'm with you, Tom. The offense, really, if you, if you haven't been paying attention, start now because I think, I mean, maybe week one it might be a grudge match just between two great defenses in, in San Fran and Pittsburgh. But the rest of the season, I mean, there's no reason to believe that they can't translate what they did in the preseason into the regular season. No, not at all. And I think that's why you're seeing this kind of floodgate opening uh, of people like Rich Eisens and Mike Greenbergs and Dominique Foxworth and Chris Sims and Dan Orlovsky and uh, our old pal Ryan Clark from this parish. I mean, you've seen these guys just go on the air and say they're buying in. And I don't know why you wouldn't buy stock either. Yeah, it might blow up in your face and it might not turn out to be as great as it seems it's going to be. But I think it's pretty clear it's going to at the very least be better than it was last year. I mean, that is a very easy bar to clear. I actually heard Dan Graziano say that as well when he was talking about the Steelers' chances. Just like that offense threw like 12 touchdown passes last Mm -hmm. year. That's like one of the worst in the league. It probably was the worst in the league. And he was just illustrating that it's a very low bar to clear to get 
better than what you were the year prior. I think you can already just, you know, I would bet my life savings on them being better than they were last year, just based on what I've seen from the preseason and that low bar to clear. But I don't know why you have to stop there because it's beyond just, oh, they're, you know, toying with the middle of the field a little bit. Oh, they're letting Pickett throw the ball down the field more. Every big weapon that you want to see utilized in a big splash way had a splash play in the preseason. Deontay had the big third down conversion against Atlanta. What a beautiful pass from Kenny Pickett down the sideline. George Pickens had multiple mm-hmm. big splash plays. Pat Fryermuth over the middle against the ones versus Buffalo. You know, going up against Matt Milano and Jordan Poyer in coverage and coming down with a touchdown. I understand the national hype around them. Mm-hmm. I, I get why these people are jumping on the bandwagon because this is a team that in a very, very crowded AFC has always been one of the standard flag bearers of that conference. And maybe, you know, in the offseason, you kind of forgot about them a little bit. And you've heard this as a kind of a tone, too, that people have taken just because we're so excited about, you know, the Rodgers coming to the Jets and, sure. you know, Mahomes running this league and Lamar getting Lamar healthier. Lamar is healthy and Joe Burrow is the only guy so far that seems capable of taking down Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And, oh, it's, he's in the same conference. So that's great. You get a little Manning Brady thing maybe going between those two. And then there's just the good old Steelers. And,. Now that they've seen tape of their quarterback uh, supposedly taking that next step, taking that leap, I'm not surprised that they are gravitating towards an organization that has made prognosticators look smart so often in the past mm-hmm. by predicting that they'll have a good season because they pretty much always have a good right. season. Yeah, I mean, it, it, we've we've said so many times this season, Tom, how the, each of the last, what, five seasons, there's been this false sense of optimism. Yes. You're just, because you're a fan of the Steelers, you expect them to be great and you expect them to have a winning record and you expect them to make it into the playoffs. But really, every, and we've illustrated this so many times, we, we've, we've illustrated why that false sense of optimism was there and what it was overshadowing. And now it's just so hard. Like now we're essentially, we were, we used to be talking ourselves off the ledge of getting too excited for no good reason. And now it's we're getting talking ourselves off the ledge because well, what is the reason to not get too excited about this team? Like you said, if you That's w- the thing. You you have to stretch to find reasons for the exactly. pessimism. You, where it used to be and you could even go back to June of this year, you were kind of stretching to find reasons for optimism. But once you've seen it, like what it could just you seemed, really what could you hate? Not to sound cheesy here, but it's it did seem like once they entered Saint Vincent the team, something within the team changed. Everyone came together, went through that experience, and then they played in those games together, and it just seemed like there was a click, a, a, a collective click within the whole team. And there's this sense of, of they're buying in on this year and what they can do this year. Again, you know, we're talk, we're we're trying to convince ourselves not to be too optimistic, but we're there's a stretch to find any negative. Again, we're not trying to say this team is Super Bowl bound and should be Super Bowl favorites. We we can recognize the level of talent elsewhere in this conference, and then over on the other side, within the Eagles and Niners on the NFC side of things, but. There's there's very little reason to not be optimistic about this team. You know, the the Bengals are probably going to win their division this year. But is it unlikely the Steelers can maybe find themselves as the 
not just fighting for that wild card spot, right, where they have been in the past few years, fighting for that seven seed. Is it possible they lock up the six seed? Maybe even lock up the five seed? Is given- it possible that a game against Cincinnati later in the year really holds some weight to it as far mm-hmm. as who's going to win that division? Yeah, I think it is. I wouldn't and be then, surprised if the Steelers finished in second place this year. No, that's right. But I'm saying as a as the higher seed of the wild yeah, card I, I three, agree. you finish. I think there's a, a now great you look at potential. like Miami and you're like, I think we could be better than Miami. There's a great right? potential. You look right? at the Jets. I know Rodgers is scaly, but he's getting old. I mean, he's, he's getting he's forty, older. right? He's and approaching forty. You've got a pretty good defense as well. And you look at the AFC West. Mahomes is going to run through that 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 division like he always. Yeah, has. I mean, I think that the trio is still the trio at the top. Bengals, Bills, and Chiefs. I think. Are no, your, I know, but I'm saying standards. I'm saying in terms of wild card teams. But but as far to, but to go to go size up that even like beyond that big three, which I still think the Steelers maybe are a year away from yeah. really getting to that level. The, like you are said, you scared Dolphins? of anybody else in that conference now? Not really. No, that's Chargers. Right. No. I mean, even if they do get the six seed, say say one of those teams that we that we named Miami or the Chargers, or Baltimore. Or or the Jets yes. have a better year than we expected them to have, and they they claim easily the number one wild card spot. But the Steelers still end up with the sixth spot. I mean, it's I mean, do you have a puncher's chance against the Cincinnati, against the Buffalo, against the Kansas City? Because you're going to be more going, so than the past couple of years. I because think. you're going to be going up if if you draw the sixth or seventh seed, you're up against one. of That's those who three. you're going up against, right? Unless you know Burrow's really hurt, Mahomes gets. If things play out like they mm-hmm. should. That'll be your top three seeds, right? But if you if you somehow, Although, I will throw a little caveat in there. Sure, the Jags playing such a soft schedule could just be like kind of a stink pie in the whole thing, right? Where, where they the just ba- rip twelve wins off randomly and they sneak a three seed or a two seed. And the seed Bengals away. do still do well, get eleven wins. It kind of reminds they, me of they ahead. two yeah. years ago when the Titans were the one seed in the AFC because oh, they just ripped that through could their not have been more of a fluky one seed. So maybe you have a little bit of that memory. this year, yeah, with maybe. The Jags. Where they but just I, win more than they should have. I think even if, if if things play out the way you think they're going to, right? Jacksonville plays as the four seed, does a good job of con- of containing their division, of controlling their division rather. Yes. I don't. To me, Tom. I mean, I know my. That's Tom the is team there. wild card. We can say this in August. That's the team wild card teams are kind of looking for is Jacksonville. That's right. the one you want to follow. Because not to say that you not, go down there and beat them automatically. Because they're not even say they do finish with a better record than. I think Buffalo or Cincinnati. Are the That's only... a good point. I'd rather play like a 13-win Jags team than an 11-win Chiefs team. Right. You're still going to consider the whole the, the, the three up three, top the three, to be the yeah. th- not necessarily the three that finish in the standings at one, two, and three. But they're your three favorites to get through. Yeah. To the Super Bowl. Yeah. Right. As they as they as they should be because I mean not Buffalo necessarily, but the other two are the ones who have gotten to the Super Bowl. The well, here we go with optimism now. We're starting to let it boil over here. A I mean, bit but again, we're talking about getting these five seeds and facing Jacksonville and getting favorable matchups. Like what I'll what I'll say is different is in the past couple of years when we've been saying, "Oh, look at us getting all excited." I, I think there's something brewing here. We were saying that though, as can they sneak in as that seventh seed? Can they sneak in with Baltimore and Cincinnati finishing above them in the division? Can, you know, can they finish above the likes of the Patriots or 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 the Broncos or the Raiders, teams who are third in their division fighting for that last wild card spot? We're not talking about barely making your way to the playoffs with a nine and eight record anymore. You're 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 you're, 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 you're you got your eyes set on ten wins, possibly even eleven wins, the six seed, possibly even the five seed. 
Those are the expectations, I think, for this for this season. I don't think they're unrealistic at all. Well, here comes Mr. Bill Barnwell from ESPN.com mm-hmm. with a big old pot of cold water to throw in all of our expectations. He did his piece. He does every year. Four teams that he thinks are likely to decline in 2023. Dun, dun, dun. And he put the Pittsburgh Steelers on that list. How do you decline from as last well, year when you don't even make the playoffs? As well as the Vikings. Well, the Vi- I, I know you take offense to that, but that wouldn't surprise the me. The Giants. Okay. And the Eagles. Well, okay. When he says decline, does you know making the Super Bowl mean that <laughs> it's decline, a easy dec- decline decline is Losing only making the, it to they the lose NFC to the Championship Niners this year instead? Yeah, like oh, oh, that'd be so terrible. That's such a dis. I mean, maybe you know with expectations, that's it is disappointing. But oh, what a, what a torrential season for us to only make it to the to the second to last week of the season. Well, here's his main reason why he thinks the Steelers might be declining and maybe why he's not buying into what happened down the stretch last year. He references the turnovers mm-hmm. and how the Steelers were really unbelievable as far as their improvement. I mean, he uses the word astronomical as far as the first half of the season to the second half of the season. And he references that a lot of times in you know the past when you've seen such a skewed first half posting of crazy high turnover numbers, the drop-off in the second half is more back to league average. The Steelers went from throwing more turnovers than mostly anybody to not doing it at all. Like, they just completely shut the valve off. And he's saying that just doesn't happen. And, you know, his main, I think, thing is it's just impossible to count on any team to turn the ball over as infrequently as the Steelers did down the stretch last year. And he's right. There's going to be some more turnovers, I think, as a whole throughout the season, whereas opposed to last year, you really saw none in the second half. And, you know, I, I think they turned the ball over like five total times in the second half of the season, and three of them came in that Baltimore game. Right. So it was and just. And Trubisky was playing. Yeah, it was just a master class of taking care of the football, especially by Kenny in the second half. And my one argument to Bill here, even though I think he's got a, a very strong case for, you know, just arguing numbers and saying we'll regress back to the mean as far as turnovers mm-hmm. are concerned. And, you know, the fact that they didn't turn the ball over, I don't think it's any coincidence that they won as many games as they did down the stretch. You, you don't lose often in the NFL when you don't give the other team the advantage of turnovers. Right. But I think that might be Kenny Pickett's superpower. I know Protecting. everybody's trying to find the superpower for the guy, and I know everybody likes to make that Joe Burrow comp. Maybe Kenny Pickett is like 75% of what Joe Burrow is. Mm. And that his superpower is he just ain't going to turn the ball over. He's always going to make the smart decision. He's always going to make the right play. I would not be surprised if you see throughout his career graphics pop up on that screen. Kenny, Kenny Pickett, 230 attempts in a row without throwing an interception. Kenny Pickett, 175 attempts in a row without turning the ball mm-hmm. over. Pushing records like that, Steelers records like that, pushing maybe league records like that. I know Rodgers is a freak with stuff like that and Brady too, but you know, I would not be surprised if that's the thing that we look back in five years and go, oh, that's what the superpower was. Right. You don't take the ball off of this dude. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, you've seen it from other guys too, right? Like, I mean, Brady had that crazy streak. Peyton Manning had a crazy streak. Even Pat Mahomes had a crazy streak. And there's no reason, again, I think, you know, getting to the point of saying, oh, well, if Peyton Manning and Tom Brady can do it, well, why can't Kenny Pickett? Right. That's, a, that's a little bit of a reach, you know? But 
to take from the sample size you saw from last year, where he finished the season what six and one, the team finished seven and two. Um, Kenny Pickett went from throwing what seven, eight interceptions in his first however many games and finished with what one interception down his last six or or seven games to fin- finish that season. That's not just snaps in training camp. That's not snaps in the preseason when it's your ones going against their threes or twos. That was Those were real NFL games with real NFL starters and coaches scheming against the Steelers, and he was able to protect the football. And I think, too, you when you look at the offensive line play, I know it's it's hard to ignore them, but it's it's important to acknowledge them because when you have an offensive line who is not putting you at risk of going down and feeling pressured, you're going to do a better job of getting the ball to where it needs to be, right? When you're when you're rushed out of the pocket and you're throwing on the run, not everyone can do that. Kenny Pickett has shown in flashes that he can do that. Best example I think of that was the touchdown pass to Najee Harris against Baltimore uh, last season that you just pointed out. But not every time. I mean, I'll I'll think back to this past game against Atlanta, right? One of his few incompletions in the entire preseason, he was flushed out, rolled to the right, and tried to get to the ball to Allen Robinson, but kind of threw it into traffic and, and threw it just out of his reach. It's You're not going to get 100% accuracy every time you're flushed out of the pocket, but when you're not flushed out of the pocket as infrequently as Kenny Pickett could be this year because of the Steelers' offensive line, it leads to better protection of the football, whether it's holding on to the football when he's going down for a sack or or forcing throws that aren't there that could lead to interceptions. I, I I do think you're onto something there, Tom, that those those turnovers aren't necessarily, just because they were there last year, aren't going to be there this year. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have – Hair plugs. I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like, check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, <laughs> hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know do that with everyone you meet? try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot and now he doesn't. Mm hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Well, another interesting piece from ESPN was their Top 100 that came out uh, earlier this week. Not to be confused with the NFL Top 100, which is voted on by the players. This one is voted on by experts, quote-unquote experts, Mm -hmm. if you want to call them that, from ESPN. And a couple Steelers made the list. Number 15 was T.J. Watt. I know you think that's low. I think that's pretty good considering he missed almost all of last right. year. Or uh, do you remember last year. a lot a, a while back at this point when J.J. Watt had gone down in like week one or two and he was named on the on the NFL Top 100 players uh, that's done by the players? He was voted as like number 30-something or number 40. And he's like, are you effing kidding me, man? Like, 
there's not there can't be only 30 guys better than me this past season. I didn't play it all last <laughs> season. But that's the way these reputations yeah, go and for sure. You know, that's just a So it was a very humbling move by JJ, but it, it kind say, of it kind of amplifies how good TJ is that he's getting that recognition despite missing what half the season. Yeah, he's still considered a top 15 player mm-hmm. with a question about his health entering into 2023. And then number 37 was Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, I think that's pretty low for Minka Fitzpatrick. I got to be honest with you. What was it? What was the number? Thirty-seven for yeah. Minka. And I'm just looking Seems through it right low. now as we're doing this, just just to double check me. I want to make sure he's the highest rated safety at the very least, because if he's not, then I think we got some serious problems with this list. I don't think that after the year he had last season, you could really argue that there's anybody at the safety spot better, and there's not. So and he was, very I, I believe he also was the highest rated safety, safety by the players as well. That's correct. So at least, you know, you see 37, maybe you argue some semantics uh, as far as yeah. overall. I mean, he was, he was, I just looked it up. He was ranked 18th overall by the players. Yeah. So that's, that's a pretty significant a pretty drop to go gap. from 18 to 37. I think the players know what they're talking about yeah. more. In that case, here's one thing that's really going to make Steelers fans mad, though. I know where you're going with this, and this already. Is one of my bigger, I know where you're going with this. Already. I don't want to say that this gets me mad, but this just is I just my, don't see the logic it's my biggest head scratcher because right now. you see it so often, right? Everywhere, and I think maybe it's a byproduct of the injury last year for T.J. Watt. But here's another ranking where Mr. Miles Garrett ends up ahead of T.J. Watt. Garrett checks in at number 13 on this list, and T.J. Watt ends up at number 15. Now Nick Bose is ahead of them both, but as we've stated previously, we're fine with that. That dude has the hardware. He won the Defensive Player of the Year last year. You could go through all the stat comparisons, how TJ's played less games but has pretty much more significant totals in every category than Miles Garrett does that matter. But the one that I always harp on is TJ Watt was a three-time first-team All-Pro. Miles mm-hmm. Garrett was a two-time first-team All-Pro. TJ Watt won the Defensive Player of the Year, finished runner-up in the Defensive Player of the Year voting, and finished in third place in the Defensive Player of the Year voting. Miles Garrett hasn't finished higher than fifth place, mm-hmm. and that was last season in the Defensive Player of the Year voting. Maybe Miles Garrett does turn the corner this year, and maybe he is better than TJ Watt this season. Do you but think maybe it's we should wait to see it happen first before right. we actually decide that it's the case? Also, too, let's not forget this. He finished what you said last year was his highest finish in finished place. Fifth. Yeah, TJ Watt plays that whole season. Can guarantee a Miles Garrett is finishing sixth. Oh, I like that. Right? If he's healthy, why would you question that? Right. Based on the track record that those two have had in their career. T.J. Watt's in the record books. Mm-hmm. He has his name next to Michael Strahan's. He shares that record with one of the greatest sackers of a quarterback in the history of the league. Mm-hmm. And that will be in—T.J. Watt might be in Canton one day, but that'll be in Canton forever for sure. It's his name next to that number. I don't think Miles Garrett's going to reach that number. I didn't think anybody was going to reach that number no. until Watt did it. So, you know, that— on top of the Defensive Player of the Year, on top of the multiple times finishing higher than Miles Garrett ever has in the Defensive Player of the Year voting, this math just ain't math. And it doesn't make sense to me why we want to anoint this guy as this end-all, be-all. Does it have a lot to do with the fact that since he was that number one overall pick and everybody kind of said, oh, he is the model, he is the Adonis when it comes to this position? Like, if you were to build an edge rusher in a laboratory this is the guy that you'd want. Not T.J. Watt. I mean, T.J. Watt's just this, you know, corn-fed guy from Wisconsin that was picked 30th overall in the draft. Maybe that's a lot of it. 
having to do with it? Is that just so many people said he was going to be the greatest ever when he was drafted? He looked like he had that potential that no matter what he does, they're just going to keep propping him up to that point. And again, now I get to the point where I'm doing this and I feel like I'm bashing a guy who I think is maybe the third best edge rusher in the NFL. I have a question for you. If the Browns could redo, what was it, the 2017 Now that would be NFL very draft interesting. If the they had to choose between the two, I don't know. Like TJ Watt has Here's- burned brighter, but you do have – the one thing I will say with Garrett is he's been healthier and you do have to question if he's going to be having – he might have a longer career than TJ Watt. Here's- and that's fine. Like – I'm okay with Garrett being better than Watt in the long run. Right. But I, it's the right fact now, that we have to get to that finish line like yeah, every we year right away. We approached like, it yet. No. And, I, and to be fair, last year in this ranking, Garrett was number nine and T.J. Watt was number six. Why well, was T.J. Watt only number six after breaking the sack record? I have no idea. And so close to Garrett, who wasn't even close so to— So close to Garrett, who, again, was fifth. And wasn't it, even, but, and Nick he, Bosa he, was better. Max Crosby was even, better. But he wasn't close to, to, to T.J. And the, and the sack count either. Exactly. It, no one was. I mean, <laughs> no, right, right, right. So, and now I'm looking at Max Crosby right now because here's a guy that has finished, okay, he finished sixth in defensive player of the year last year. So he too hasn't even sniffed, but he's all the way down in the 30s in this list. Mm-hmm. And I think he's probably the fourth or fifth best edge rusher in the NFL. That's appropriate. You think I, that's where Miles Garrett should be in this list? I think Garrett's, there? I think the main reason Garrett's in front of Watt is because of the injury to Watt. Yeah. And I think that they're wondering if he's going to be able to be the same T.J. Watt ever again. So, okay, if that's your main reason, fine. Was he not the same T.J. Watt? Like, I get it that he was a little bit slower, but wasn't he? But he, he wasn't fully healed. He it, tore was, his was, pec. Was he came he back pl- from a torn pec was in he six not, weeks. Was he not playing in the same season of which he tore that pec? Do you remember when he initially was reported of maybe playing in that Tampa Bay game after he was out for, like, three or four games? Right. Like, they kept saying he might be back, he might be back. And now, I mean, he ended up not playing in that game, right? Well, he didn't come back until after the bye. Until right? after the bye, but that would have been, what, f- five weeks it's off? It's freaky. He yeah. was not himself. No. And, I mean, I know it was against the JV, but, boy, did he make that JV. Atlanta oh, my Falcon God, that, that rush that again. Oh, my God. It was terrible. Like I was actually I mean, kind yeah. of scared like, watching that on if TV. If that's a real game and he knows, like, I don't need to get fined for this kind of hit in a preseason game, that quarterback's head is is rolling off, right? Oh yeah, yeah. that quarterback's head. Desmond Ritter. If was it was it a Ritter? real game, yeah, no, that was um their was backup. It? Oh man, Henneke. Because oh, they Tyler started Henneke, Henneke right, instead right, of Ritter. Right, right. Which here's a little aside as we wrap up the episode. You think the Falcons are better served? No, what the starting? hell? Well, maybe. But what the hell are you doing? What do you not think Desmond Ritter needs some reps before right. the season starts? Right. Like, who are you considering? To just... How like you went out with Ritter and Mariota last year, and, and now Ritter you... takes the job. Right, like, Ritter's in the same boat as Kenny right. right now. Like, this is the second year. You need mm-hmm. him to make the leap. Look at how the Steelers treated Kenny in the preseason. And it, it kind of looks like the Falcons are doing this year what the Steelers did last year. We're saying, oh, are we going to go with Mitch? Are we going to go with Kenny? Are we going to go with Ritter? Are we going go to go with Ritter? He's the starter, but and... he's just not. He's not getting the the reps that he needs, though. No, that's the thing. Like they're treating him like he's already established, that right. he's a veteran, that he doesn't need the reps in the preseason, that he's good to go. Like and he's this he he's this asset that needs to be. Do you protected. need to keep Desmond Riddle in bubble wrap? Right. I mean, he's not the next coming of Josh Allen. He's not going to be anything. I think at least special as far as the quarterback position is concerned. So. It was a bit head-scratching to see the Falcons play their twos as much as they did in that last preseason game. I think I would have really liked to see the Steelers against some of their better players, especially the defense in Atlanta, because they've got some dudes on defense in Atlanta that I think it would have been really well-served for the Steelers to have to go up against them in a dress rehearsal setting. 
But I mean, you can't yeah, con- you can't control yeah. how another team operates. Right. And Arthur Smith decided that his team is better suited to rest than uh, try to you know work some things out in the preseason where you have a chance to win your division. I mean, everybody mm-hmm. does, I think, as far as that NFC right. South is concerned. So, bit of a head scratcher from the Falcons there, for sure. And as always, a bit of a head scratcher when Garrett ends when up you in see front of Garrett in front of TJ. Yeah. It just, I do think that 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 hypothetical though is interesting. If the Browns had to redo 2017 in that draft with the first overall pick, do they stay with Miles Garrett or do they go with T.J. Watt? And like, here's another like I think you know to emphasize the 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 impressiveness of T.J. Watt, you go back and you redo it and you say, well, if the Browns had initially drafted T.J. instead of Miles Garrett and the Steelers got Garrett at what pick 30. And you were to do the hypothetical again, say, okay, well now, even though you drafted TJ, would you have done it over and kept TJ or or, or drafted Garrett? I think in that scenario, they're more likely to say we're going to keep TJ rather than in the real one where they could say we'd rather keep Miles or trade for TJ. It'd be more of a toss-up. You can now listen to Steelers Nation Radio at any time, anywhere you are through your smart speaker. Just say Alexa, play Steelers Nation Radio from my heart. And Alexa will take care of the rest. We're going to do a little vibe check around the league. Okay. A big trade made in the NFC at the quarterback position. We'll touch on that and look at some uh, things we've seen from guys in new places as well uh, before it all starts for real next Thursday when the Lions go to Kansas City. How about City. that, Tom? We are what? We are nine days nine away? Nine days away from kickoff We're in 2023. now. Feels Chiefs and Lions. Feels crazy. So we'll get to some league-wide stuff next. You're listening to the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.